0: Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Monday. I hope everyone had a great weekend. Uh, Today we are going to be talking about personality tests. This is something that a bunch of you have asked me to talk about specifically to address and explain the Enneagram, and I'm going to do that, but I really want to talk about personality tests in general and how we as Christians should be thinking about them and how we should approach them and some of the problems that we should contend with as believers in God's Word. Before we get into that, I want to tell you guys about Simply safe. So a recent Gallup survey shows that Americans worry more about burglary than any other crime. So that's more than terrorism, more than uh, mugging, more than murder. They worry about their homes getting broken into and burglarized. Uh, According to studies, just over 10% of break-ins are planned beforehand. The rest are totally spur-of-the-moment crimes of opportunity. In other words, they are random, which is why you need to always be prepared. That is why Simply Safe is my top choice. This is how we protect our home simply safe products protect your entire home every window Room and door with 24/7 monitoring for just a fraction of the cost. We feel really protected with Simply Safe. We've got all of the the window monitors, the door monitors. We've got everything taken care of. It connects to our phone, which makes us feel like we've got access to this and control over it at all times. Um, it's won a ton of awards from CNET to the New York Times, Wirecutter. Uh, prices with Simply Safe. We've experienced this for ourselves are always fair and honest. You've got around the clock monitoring uh, just $15 a month. Something actually happened the other day where um, I accidentally set the alarm off and immediately I got a phone call. My husband got a phone call. You've got uh, a ton of layers of security to make sure that your home is completely protected. Uh, make sure that you visit simplysafecom slash Allie. That's A-L-L-I-E. Uh, you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Uh, so go now and be sure you go to simply. Safe.com slash Allie so they know that our show sent you that is simply safe.com slash Allie. Okay, let's get into this. So I haven't wanted to talk about personality tests. I haven't wanted to dedicate an entire episode to it because I think a lot of Christians seem to have been talking about this recently. This is a hot topic and I just wasn't sure if I had anything unique to add to the conversation. A lot of this stuff, a lot of the critiques that I've been hearing from Christians about the Enneagram have been really solid, really thorough, really good. So I thought, does Relatable really have anything original to bring to the table here? But Because so many of you have asked me to talk about this, I realize that you might not be listening to all of the podcasts that I listen to, and you might just be coming to Relatable for your information, which I love. Thank you for that, by the way. So I decided that it is my duty to my audience who has been asking me to address this to do so. Um, If you haven't noticed, young people, young women especially... The and that makes up the majority of this audience and young Christian women, even more especially, love personality tests. Uh, The Enneagram has seen a surge in popularity among Christians. There are Christian Enneagram Instagram accounts, there are church and ministry teams that I know personally that require their team members to take the Enneagram Uh, when they join their team. Christians and non Christians alike put their uh, types in their Enneagram or in their Instagram profiles. Uh, There are discussion groups about the Enneagram. You can get certified in the Enneagram. There is uh, a Christian Enneagram account that I know that I I think actually sells some kind of course that you can walk through to better understand an Enneagram analyze the Enneagram. Uh, This is wildly popular and pervasive stuff, and it's only gotten more popular and pervasive recently. And even though personality tests have been around for a long time, and we're actually going to get into a little bit of the history of it, because that's really important as we we discuss this, uh, they seem to be more prevalent than ever. And I think that there are probably, in my opinion, a few reasons for that. One reason personality tests are popular um, is a a really basic reason, and it's true in all eras, no matter what, not just right now, uh, because it's really human nature to love learning about ourselves. We naturally love ourselves. That's something that we've talked about on this podcast when Jesus says in the Bible to love your neighbor as yourself. It is not a directive to love yourself, it's because um, that comes naturally. And again, I just want to clarify those of you who have listened to my podcast for a long time, you already know. What I'm about to say as I kind of explain this, but for those of you who are new, when I say that it's natural to love yourself, I'm not saying that it's natural to wake up and think that you're beautiful and awesome and capable and wonderful and worthy all the time. Uh, what I'm talking about is that it's natural to care for yourself. It's natural to meet your own needs. It's natural to avoid your own pain. Anything outside of self love, like self sacrifice, takes effort, it takes discipline, it takes um, getting away from your basic human instinct or basic human nature to just serve yourself and to go outside of yourself to serve others or to do something that's uh, good for everyone else around you and maybe disadvantageous to you. Um, So self-love is natural. Self-preservation is natural. Even people who struggle with anxiety or depression even get to the point of suicide, um, they're doing that not necessarily because they hate themselves, uh, but because they are trying to avoid pain. Now, you might feel some kind of self-deprecation, but even that is um, a symptom of self-centeredness. The antidote... um, to self-deprecation or feelings of self-loathing or low self-esteem is not self-love. It is God's love. That's what we've talked about um, many times on this podcast before. So, I think that is one of the reasons why this is so popular uh, because we love ourselves naturally. We love learning about ourselves. We love talking about ourselves. We want to be understood. Uh, We like reading about our quirks. We like reading about our strengths, our weaknesses, uh, what drives us and that we are simultaneously special and that we are also like other people who share our same personality types. Personality tests meet two deep and fundamental needs in all of us and that is to be known and to belong, to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. Uh, We learn that we are a certain type and that within that type, uh, we see what we already know about ourselves reflected and we may feel like we learn new things too. And we are part of a group now that is not just us as an individual, but other people who are like us. Uh, I also think they're more popular now because of the increased focus uh, of our society and self-love. Yes, self-love has always been around. If you read John Calvin's little book on the Christian life, which is a compilation of teachings on John Calvin, he talks about the evils of self-love and the obsession of self-love. And that was hundreds of years ago. So this has been around since the dawn of time, um, but it used to be regarded especially within christianity as a vice now it's seen even within christianity as a virtue and this has uh this has become more and more true recently this obsession with self-love with self-care with self-help with self-empowerment we are told by the mainstream culture whether that's via mommy blogs or uh, fitness gurus or even supposedly christian influencers that we can meet our own needs um in order for us to meet our own needs Whether it's a need for confidence or success or weight loss or whatever, we have to understand our needs. And to understand our needs, we need to know ourselves. And to know ourselves, we are typically told that we need these personality tests as tools to aid in that introspective journey. We are today obsessed with introspection, uh, with analyzing and thinking about ourselves, assessing what we want, how we think, why we are the way that we are, and we are told by this same very self-focused group that this is a necessary exercise in being all that we can be um, in order to become fully uh, in in order to become to become our our full selves or come fully into our own, to reach our potential and to be happy, we must understand what makes us tick. Uh, Personality tests are also used to help people interact with, work with, understand those around us, whether that's friends, spouses, coworkers. Um, I have taken probably every personality test out there. I can even tell, well, I think I can tell you what I am this goes to show that I haven't spent a whole lot of time thinking about this, but I've taken the test before. Myers-Briggs, I think that I'm an INFP. It might surprise you that this test tells me that I'm an introvert, but I think that according to Myers-Briggs, I am. Um, and I think according to the Enneagram. I've taken it. I used to take it in college. I was obsessed with this stuff. So I think that in college when I took it, I was like a one with the two wing and then I've taken it again at a certain point and I'm an eight. I don't really know. I haven't done as much digging into this as a lot of people have. So I say this to say, as I'm talking about this, I've had personal experience with this. And as always, know that I'm not coming from a place of judgment or not, you know, not knowing what I'm talking about because I haven't ever taken one of these tests. I have. I'm not coming from a place of self-righteousness. As I talk about some of the problems that Christians need to wrestle with when it comes to personality tests, um, I talk about them as someone who has wrestled with them myself as recently as over the past year. It's been over the past year that I've been learning about this stuff and kind of realizing, well, maybe this is something that Christians, that Bible-believing people... Um, should be wary about. Uh, Maybe we should pause and reconsider the importance and the validity of these tests. And what made me start to kind of take a step back and say, hmm, I'm not so sure about this anymore, was seeing, like I said, very recently, within the past year or two, the obsession of people on social media with these tests, especially the Enneagram, especially in Christian circles and Christians that I was talking to in these ministries and local churches saying, oh yeah, we use the Enneagram as kind of our way to not just get to know one another, but to decide how we're going to work with one another and how we're actually going to accomplish our goals. Um, it started becoming to me from what I could see a kind of primary or at least secondary identifier or a a lens through which people are seeing the world and other people. Um, people saying, you know, I'm, you know, I'm Allie and I'm a one. What are you saying? Things like, well, because I'm a one, this is how I see it, or this is how I react, or this is my struggle. And it has seemed like the Enneagram is becoming not just a lens, but a dominant lens through which its users are seeing the world, are seeing themselves and are seeing other people. I also have started to wonder if the focus on personality types um, is being used as a way to trivialize or even normalize sin. Um, so for example, saying, haha ha, you know, I'm an eight, so I might just say something that hurts your feelings. That's just who I am. I'm just going to be blunt. I'm just going to be insensitive. Or saying, oh, I'm a two, so I'm probably just going to make or say anything that makes you happy, whether or not it's true, but that's just how I am. And these things may even be framed as struggles when Christians are talking about them, but really they're seen and characterized as nothing more than quirks. Um, So watching this happen in real time in Christian social media circles and wondering if I have been guilty of doing this, which I have, by the way, using my personality type to excuse sin, um, I've realized that this world of personality analysis deserves a deeper look. Because remember, we Christians know that there is no neutral ground. Here is a quote by C.S. Lewis, a quote that I personally need to keep in mind a lot more than I do. Um, there is no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. I just want to repeat that because I think it's so good. Those of you who've been following me for a while know how much I love C.S. Lewis. There is no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. Uh, that means that this subject, which may seem like no big deal, it might seem like I'm just uh, blowing something up or blowing something out of proportion that doesn't even need to be talked about. Um, it's not worth any of our future thought or any kind of deep analysis. Uh, it's important. It's important. Because there is no neutral ground. So, first, I want to talk about the history of personality tests. We don't always talk about history on this podcast, but I like to give context when. Uh, when necessary and when possible. And as it turns out, it is both necessary and possible in this case. Uh, Personality tests have been around for a long time. Carl Jung, you've probably heard of him, was a Swiss psychiatrist born in 1875. He founded analytical psychology and his studies were the basis for tests like the Myers-Briggs. He developed what is known as individuation, which is defined as the process by which individual beings are formed and differentiated from other human beings. In particular, it is the development of the psychological individual as a as A being distinct from the general collective psychology. That's fun. So individuation is known as a healing process for the individual as they learn to fully integrate their psyche. Um, It's known as self-realization and self-actualization. It is a journey taken through your whole life. Um, There is a spiritual aspect to this as Jung believed uh, this journey led to what he deemed the highest experience. Jung was extremely influential by mysticism, he believed that this process of individuation and self-actualization or self-fulfillment is at the center of all religions. So that uh, includes Christianity, Buddhism, Taoism, and others, which he um, essentially believed shared this common core. He believed that the journey to the self is simultaneous with the journey to the divine and that the purpose of getting to know God is actually Getting to know yourself, um, and I hope that you can start to see, even as I'm explaining who is known kind of as the father of the, at least the psychoanalysis that is the basis of personality tests. I hope that you can start to see that this line of pantheist, a mystical thinking, is still influencing how people see and use personality tests today. Uh, people see it as a spiritual experience and still believe that the journey is of self, uh, the journey to the self, the full self is necessary to fully knowing God. And even if you haven't seen that outright, I hope that you can kind of see how that's underneath a lot of the pseudo Christian slash new age things that we're seeing today. Um, Jung had an interest in the paranormal and the occult. He believed in the ability to connect to the spirit world. Um, His later writings really after 1940 focused on alchemy Jung, who supplied the psychological foundation for a lot of popular personality tests, has played a huge role in the New Age movement, which has waxed and waned uh, in popularity since the 1970s and now is experiencing another uptick. You've probably seen a lot of people really into crystals and altars and connecting to the divine and the inner soul. Marianne Williamson has been a big influencer in this movement, but certainly there are a lot of celebrities in Hollywood who believe this, and probably some of the people that you follow on social media. It's hard to define what exactly the New Age is, but in general, it is the belief that God, little g God, of course, we know as Christians, or the divine, imbues the universe. That he is not just, or she probably, in this realm of thinking, is not just a monotheistic entity. He is not defined by the Bible, certainly not any ancient text like that. He is not one single being. He is everywhere in everything. Uh, They also believe that the divine is found in human beings themselves, which is different than what we uh, believe that we are made in the image of God. But the divine is actually in the core of who you are. That's why you have to take this introspective journey to actually find it. That's why they believe that the journey of self actualization is also the journey to the divine. There's a, a focus on healing and the natural world and the desire to unite somehow the spiritual and the scientific. Its roots, uh, the new age roots, are in the occult. Occultism can be defined by a variety of viewpoints, but it includes—it's not limited to—but it includes the belief in magic, including vampires and witches and werewolves and all of that. Uh, theosophy, which is the belief that there's a deep higher truth embedded in the mysteries of the ancient paths um, of the ancient, sorry, past, and is found in no one religion, but can be searched out using myst and magic. Uh, This was popularized in the West in the 19th century by a woman by the name of Helena Blavatsky. She believed that theosophy would eventually take over all of the other world religions as humans realized that this higher truth found simultaneously in themselves and the divine um, became more popular. Uh, It is heavily influenced by Eastern religions. Uh, So as a recap, Jung, often known as the father of these personality tests or the um, psychoanalysis underneath these personality tests, was affiliated with the occult. Outwardly, apparently, even in his writings, and Jung and the beliefs of the occult influenced the New Age movement that started in the late twentieth century and has now reached a new peak of popularity. Uh, You have seen this New Age movement yourself, and even if you haven't noticed it until now, uh, everything that we're seeing about the importance of the self, the love of self, the worship of the self, the care of self, the discovery of self, the fulfillment of self as not just forms of self-help and not just forms of of being healthy in general, but as tools uh, to holistic spiritual healing. healing. Uh, You have probably seen a rise in the popularity of zodiac signs, which is also a tool of the occult. You may have even seen a popularity in women identifying as witches. Um, Here's a recent headline from Teen Vogue, my least favorite publication, I think, in all of the universe, and that is saying something. Uh, There's a PG-13 warning to what I'm about to say, so if you have kids in Car, you might just want to fast forward. Uh, this is a headline how to make your orgasms magical literally sex magic can help you manifest your best self with or without actual sex here's another one winter solstice 2018 witches offer a look into their yule rituals uh, but the new age isn't always that obvious although it should disturb all of us that young people are reading this kind of stuff and are incur- encouraged to read this kind of stuff um but it also seems or it comes across as a little more innocuous than that and a little bit harder to detect here's one decide to What you care, decide that you care about creating your magic and pushing it out into the world uh, than you do about how it will be received. Let me repeat that because I kind of butchered it. Decide that you care more about creating your own magic and pushing it out into the world than you do about how it will be received. That is from Girl Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. Um, Anything you see about the manifestation or the fulfillment of the self and the connection to the universe or the divine no matter how much it tries to tell you it is Christian, it is not. It is part of, or at the very least, influenced by, whether it knows it or not, or whether its author knows it or not, by the New Age. And personality tests are a part of this world, not just because of Jung and his influence, but also uh, because of the very similar roots of the Enneagram. Uh, The Enneagram has its roots in Eastern mysticism. It was first made known by the early 20th century Russian-Armenian mystic philosopher and occultist. I cannot say his last name. We're going to try. George... Gurdjieff, Uh, he was known for the idea that uh, most humans exist in what he called waking sleep. So in order to awaken the true full self, one must take what he called the fourth way, which is the discipline of uniting the body and the mind and the spirit to achieve a higher consciousness. This is not that dissimilar from what Jung believes. Uh, Not a lot is known about the sources of, uh, of Gurdjieff's I don't know, I, I don't know how to say his name, Gurdjieff's uh, philosophy, but according to his book, Meetings with Remarkable Men, his teachings were uh, very much inspired by his wanderings through the Eastern world. Uh, the Enneagram shape that you're probably familiar with, with the nine points that kind of looks like a star, it's an occultist shape. It was used by uh, Gurdjieff as a symbol of connection to the cosmos, um, but even his students didn't fully understand its significance. Um much of the occultist lessons are like that. They are esoteric. They are mystical, combining different parts of religious traditions in an effort to create a worldview that is, quote, whole. Um, Gurdjieff and his pupils emphasized the importance of the self. Again, that's self-actualization, self-betterment, and self-empowerment. His ideas were spe- spread to the West by his own efforts and also his followers' efforts. Um, it wasn't actually until the 20th century, so a little bit later, when another occultist, Oscar Icaso, also don't know how to say his last name, and his student Claudio Naranjo, um, developed the Enneagram of Personality, that the Enneagram was considered a tool for personality analysis with the aim of aiding self-observation and transcendence of suffering. Acasso um, claimed that the Enneagram, get this, this is this is important to know, that this test that so many are putting stock into, that I put stock into at one point, but people are really basing their whole lives on this test. This is how this guy claims, this occultist claims that it was revealed to him by the Metatron, the prince of the archangels while he was in some kind of ecstatic state or trance. Naranjo, who spearheaded the integration of psychotherapy with spirituality um, and fantasy-enhancing drugs, was a leader in what is known as the global human potential movement of the 1900s. Um, in the 1970s, Naranjo's students brought the Enneagram to Catholic communities. It is still promoted by a few Catholic leaders today, like Franciscan, uh, like the Francisc- Franciscan friar Richard Rohr, as well as embraced by many even evangelical Christians, as I have already discussed in this podcast. Um, These men were also affiliated with theosophy, the same magic-centered religion pushed by Helena Blavatsky in the 19th and 20th centuries. So it all comes together. Uh, The roots of personality tests in general, the psychoanalysis of personality tests from the Myers-Briggs to the Enneagram, I can't speak for every single personality test, but even the idea of personality tests um, are in paganism. They are in mysticism. They are in magic. They are in the occult. They are all connected by the idea that our purpose of life is to understand the self, to discover our best self, to manifest our best self. And while we do so, we are connecting with the spirit world, which is, as pantheism believes, in everything. So. The question is, knowing the context, knowing the history, does any of this really matter? Aren't Christians in the business of redemption? Isn't there a way for us to separate personality tests from their roots and use them for good purposes? Um, can they actually help us? Maybe some of you might be thinking become more like Christ as we understand what our struggles are and why they exist. Can we uh, use them to help us love other people as we uh, understand what makes them angry, what makes other people people feel most love, how they ticked, how they're best managed or uh, worked with. There are going to be a variety of opinions on this, I know, Um, and I think that I know that there are genuine, Jesus-loving, theologically sound Christians who do believe that these tests can be redeemed and repurposed for good, uh, just as there are solid Christians who think uh, that there is no good, that there is no good use to these tests at all. But here's what I think. I don't think that if you have taken a personality test, let me just lay this out there that you are a witch or a Satan worshiper, obviously, but while it may be true, this is what we need to think about, what it may be true that you learn things about yourselves and other people through these tests, while it may be true that you are able to identify with a certain personality type, it's important to know that ultimately these mean nothing in light of who we are in Christ and who we are called to be as Christians. They mean nothing. Uh, Because these assessments are not based on God's word, they have no power to tell us who we are or what to do. Because they have roots in an anti-God worldview, They do have the power to lead us astray, to emphasize the self-fulfillment and self-actualization that the world demands of its followers rather than the self-denial and the self-sacrifice that Jesus demands of his followers. Uh, it is true that according to the Bible, we are all given different gifts. We are all different members of the body of Christ, bringing our own abilities uh, to build up the church. I believe that God and his amazing creativity made us all unique and that this uniqueness helps create dynamic work uh, workplaces, close friendships, complementary relationships, thriving churches and intimate marriages. But it is not true according to the Bible, that our personality type in any way dictates how we are to act or whom we are to serve or whom we are to love or how we are to love them. God calls us all, no matter our type, to be holy as I am holy. God calls us all, no matter where we are, to love our neighbor as ourselves. God calls us all, no matter who we are, to obey him. Uh, Moses certainly didn't have the personality type for leadership, for example, and yet God called him uh, to leadership. God continually uses people that the world would deem unsuitable, uh, no matter what their personality assessment is. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians through 31 says this, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. There is so much that we could unpack there that really informs this specific conversation, who we are, where wisdom comes from, what our identity actually is, and why we have no reason to boast in any kind of personality assessment result. Uh, The results of our personality assessment are not considered before God calls us, and they are ultimately irrelevant to how He calls us. Uh, Here is the comfort for us. God knows us much more deeply, much more intimately than the Enneagram. He knows each of our struggles, and our quirks, and our strengths, and our weaknesses, and wants, and fears more than any test ever could. Our desire to be fully known, to be unconditionally loved is found through Christ in God, not in an analysis of our personality type. And this God who knows us better than we know ourselves calls us to the same thing, to holiness for ourselves and to sacrifice for others. Think about this. When we put stock into the Enneagram or any other test, we are saying that we believe that God created human beings as, for example, nine different types. And we are thus claiming to know some kind of hidden truth in the universe and of human beings uh, that God did not reveal to us in his Word. This is a new age philosophy, not a biblical one, uh, because God doesn't tell us this in the Bible. Uh, He doesn't suggest it or indicate that in the slightest. He says that he created all human beings and his image with one purpose, and that is to worship him. Um, And while we do have different personalities and different talents that will lead us into different jobs and careers and relationships, our sole purpose in this life is to follow our maker and to bring him glory, no matter what. Uh, Personality tests, can very easily become an idol when we use it to claim a sense of identity and belonging that is meant to be found in our redeemer alone. Or when we wrongly uh, use it to view ourselves as ultra special or as different or as better uh, than someone else, when we use it to decide whether or not to obey God, uh, to tell God no, when we assume that surely he wouldn't be asking our personality type to be patient with our kids or hospitable to our neighbors or submissive to our husbands or bold with our co-workers, when we use our personality types as an excuse to laugh at sin, to stall sanctification or to resist holiness, uh, I am sure that there are many of you here who could say, like me, that you've benefited in some way from personality tests. I believe that. I can't take that away from you. But there are also people who would say that they've benefited from meditation, from magic, from crystals, from hypnosis, these things that we know are not Christian, not biblical. Um, A couple weeks ago, my mom and I did uh, an episode on Christians and Halloween, and she suggested uh, using Halloween as an opportunity to share the gospel rather than to uh, glorify death and evil. So the question is, and I think it's a good question, how is that different than using personality tests with sketchy roots uh, for Christian purposes? But I do think that these two things are different. Uh, some things are worth redeeming, perhaps depending on their use. And you guys, of course, you can correct me if you think that I'm wrong. I love hearing your alternative biblical perspective on this. Um, but changing Halloween to Holyween is a way to share the gospel with our neighbors. Uh, doing something tangible that is actually in obedience to God—something that we know that we are called to do. I'm not sure that personality tests can be used in the same way, but rather, in my experience, tend to obscure the calling that God has on all of our lives and can so easily lead us into idolatry. And I'm not sure that Holy has the same effect. Although, if you think that it's the same principle, Then, like I said, I would love to hear from you. And I do want to uh, go on, I want to end on one other note or just make one bit of clarification. One thing I do think is different than personality tests, which can lead us to idolatry. And as we've talked about, have all kinds of problems in its foundations and its psychoanalysis. I do think something like career assessments are different than that. Um, I do think that something that helps you understand how your talents can be best applied to what the world needs to give God glory. I do think that those can be helpful and that can be a little bit different, I think, than this introspective journey to self-fulfillment. It's just saying, okay, this is how God created you and here's how you can use these talents to the best of your ability uh, for God's glory and to meet the needs of the world around you. I do think that there are different um, there are different purposes for that and and there are different results for that that don't end in idolatry. So I just wanted to make that clarification. Um, I hope this was helpful for you. And I hope that it spurs your own thinking. We, I, I, I wanted to give you food for thought rather than just cramming down your throat everything that I think about this. But uh, of course, I wanted to share the perspective that I think is found in God's word on these things and just um, give Christians a warning to maybe not to definitely not dive headfirst into this and to use these personality tests as a lens through what you're seeing the world. That's simply not biblical and it's always going to lead you into a place of confusion like anything that is extra biblical does. So I hope that you guys have a great rest of your Monday. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on this. I will hear you. I will not hear you back here on Wednesday. I will see you back here on Wednesday. Have a great week.